Stefan. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted for our seventh annual Aviation Month. I'm so blessed to have you out here today. I'm a big fan of your vlog on YouTube. You share your epic adventures, not only in the cockpit, but being a pilot, a, um, a also an entrepreneur, a tech entrepreneur, and just sharing your wonderful home of Melbourne, um, Australia, which I've always wanted to visit. And today, on what we're doing this year for Aviation Month is we're going to have business owners in the field of aviation. They don't have to be, you know, their business in aviation, but share some of the lessons they've learned in the cockpit that can be applied to people's businesses and to their lives. So, but before we go to share that, share the audience a little bit about your background. What brought you to the world of aviation? Yeah, well, thank you very much. Well, first of all, thank you for letting me be on the broadcast as well. I mean, I've listened to, you've had some amazing aviation names on here before. You know, yes. I, I noticed you've had Mike Gullion on here, who uh -huh. I'm a big fan of. Um, <laughs> some other great aviation names. So thank you very much. It's a real privilege and a pleasure to talk to you today. So it's great to be here. Um, and yeah, well, look, so that's a big question, obviously, is like, how did I get into this whole thing? But I think it's, it's, um, it's one that I'm asked quite a lot. And so I think, especially for the new pilots out there and people who are just maybe thinking of getting back into aviation, it's an important question. But yeah, look, so Stefan Jury, that's my name. Um, I basically um, got into aviation when I was, I probably got hooked on aviation when I was about 10 years old. And I think I can pinpoint the almost the exact day because there's a very embarrassing picture of me because I had terrible haircut when I was about 10 years old that my dad took of me. He used to take us, I grew up in the UK. Mm -hmm. And my dad used to take us to the, the air shows in the UK and in particular Biggin Hill. Mm -hmm. And Biggin Hill, which a lot of the aviation fans out there will know in South London, very important airfield in the Second World War. Um, there's lots of flight training that's been going out at Biggin Hill. It's quite a well-used general aviation airport now. And yeah, there's a picture of me when I was 10 years old looking up into the sky. The RAF Falcon was flying over. The Red Arrows were behind it trailing smoke. And yeah, I distinctly remember those days actually looking up and thinking, you know, I wonder what it would like to, to be up there. Wow. Um, and I, I looked at options of aviation as a career, um, didn't actually quite work out. And I guess we'll talk about this a bit, but I went down a slightly different path. I went down a technology path, but it was always, it was always there in your blood. I think there's always that connection with it. Um, and it wasn't until maybe about probably about 12 or 13 years ago when I thought, well, do you know what? I'm, I'm at the right stage in my life. Um, I've got a bit more time, a bit more flexibility. Businesses are doing well. So mm -hmm. I really want to scratch that aviation itch and get into it. And so I decided to learn to fly kind of in my middle age and mm -hmm. never looked back since. Awesome. Now I knew you, I, I personally think, and this is what I've said to parents who want to ship their kids off to college and you're going to get a degree whether you want one or not. <laughs> and I kind of always feel that when you're ready to study something, it should be in your own time. It doesn't necessarily have to be right after high school or be early because sometimes you're not mentally ready. And do you feel you are more mentally ready starting as a pilot older? Oh, yeah. I, I, think, um, I think not just as a pilot, but in business as well. So when I, I went to university in the UK, I went straight from uh, my secondary school into university. But to be honest, when I went into my university degree, which was a, it was a computer science and multimedia degree, mm -hmm. I had no idea what I wanted to do with it. I was going into university knowing that I quite liked computers. I was a, a computer programmer by trade, or not by trade, but that's what I did. Yeah. Um, and, but I had no idea what I wanted to do with it. And so I, I went into university thinking, well, I'm doing, I'm involved with something that I enjoy, which is technology. But where I go from here, I have no idea. And, and I think you're absolutely right. The same, the same then came into aviation when I kind of got into, you know, about, like I say, 12 years ago when I thought, 
Well, I've got, I've got life experience, which I can apply to it. I think I'm pretty good at, you know, problem solving and troubleshooting, but I also, I have the most important thing. And the thing that's most important to me is time. I have access to time so I can, I can do it properly. And, and it's very important to me to do things properly. So waiting until I was a bit older before learning to fly, mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it. I completely wouldn't change it. If I could go back to 16 year old me who decided to go into tech and not aviation, mm-hmm. I'd tell them to do the same thing because I'm yeah. very happy with where I've ended up at, at this point as a result. Yeah. And I always tell people, no matter what your dream is, maybe it's not flying, maybe it's something else. It's never too late to learn, but learn in your own time. It doesn't have to be in a certain schedule. So that's, that's really great that you were able to do it when the time hit and you ran for it and did it and completed it. Uh, Now, do you also fly IFR meaning instrument as well? Or I do, I do. And to be honest, it's probably my favorite style of flying. Actually, I, I talk to a lot of people who say, oh, IFR is, it's all procedures and controlled airspace is really scary and talking to controllers, but I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I flew to a conference. I was talking at a, there was a, an aerospace Australia conference about women in aviation in Canberra, our capital on, um, Wednesday this week. So two days ago before we we're recording this. Um, and I basically, I flew myself to Canberra. The fog was, I think about four or 500 feet off the mm-hmm. ground. So I flew the instrument landing system, the ILS mm-hmm. approach down to minimums, landed the aircraft, did the talk, got back in the plane, flew home again. And to be honest, there was some Qantas aircraft that couldn't get in because the conditions were too low for for them. Mm -hmm. I was lucky I got a gap, but without my instrument rating and without general aviation, I would have missed that conference. So yeah, so absolutely. I love my instrument rating. It's the favorite thing thing I've ever done. Stefan, I find it the most amazing thing ever um, because my, my husband's a pilot, I'm not. I've taken some flying lessons, but I'm his co-pilot, but I find that we want to go places, we go on vacation, we're able to get to places that other people would have a hard time getting to. He's actually flown me to business conferences. So it's that wonderful freedom you get when you're, when you're able to fly general aviation that a lot of people don't realize. It, it's a wonderful gift. It's not just some people say, oh, it's a bit frivolous, don't you think, that go out there and fly planes? I'm like, no, it's the best thing ever. Not only that, it gives you a different perspective. Absolutely. And so you touched on a word which is really important to me, and that's freedom. And it's just, it's the freedom in choices. It's the freedom in time. It's the freedom of, of where you want to go. But it's also, for me, when I was at this conference, as an example, I mean, I finished the conference, the cloud was still a little bit low, and I had no, I had no reason to get back by a certain time. So I said to myself, well, why don't I just hang in Canberra for a bit? So I actually had a, had a look around. I went to the airport terminal, had some lunch. Mm-hmm. I watched the planes come in and out because I kind of enjoy that sort of thing. But, you know, you've got that freedom of time. And, and when I was ready, I thought, well, it's probably time to start going back now. Then you make that decision to do it. Um, and general aviation as well, that freedom is really important because it's not just about, oh, it's a nice weather this weekend, you know, where shall I go? But once you're in the air, you can make decisions about, well, do you know what? I don't have to get to this airport today. If I've set out to fly to this airport, I don't have to end up there. All I have to do is land the plane somewhere. Um, and where that is within means and reason, obviously, it's that, that freedom of choice. Um, I like it, and like I said before, if I go back to my young self and if I said, would I want to have a career in aviation or do I like flying kind of for fun yeah. and transportation? I, I prefer it this way. This is just, it's what, what I enjoy. You know, what's funny, Stefan, many years ago, my husband and I were flying for vacation and we landed somewhere and we were taking the courtesy bus back to the hotel with, with another flight that actually landed, a commercial flight. And the mm. pilots on, on the, uh, uh, the, what do you call it, the courtesy van were like, you flew here yourself, you're having fun in an airplane. And, and they were so jealous because they're doing this because it's their job and they love flying, 
but you're mm. flying because someone told you you have to go here, pick up passengers and bring them somewhere. You're not on your own schedule. And uh, yeah. so it's just awesome. Now, just tell me, Stefan, how much has being an entrepreneur also played into this freedom? Because I'm guessing that's also a big part of your character, not only the flying, but also entrepreneurship. Yeah, um, well, absolutely. It, it kind of, I suppose, twofold. First of all, there's the practical aspect. So I, um, I have a couple of companies that I'm involved with that I've invested in over the year that I've helped to build up from a technology standpoint. Um, one of the larger ones has actually, we've got offices based in Sydney. Um, for those of you that, that don't know Australia as well, maybe I'm based in Melbourne, which is in the, the southern tip of Australia. Sydney's about, it's about an hour's flight commercially on like a Qantas or Virgin Airlines uh, jet. It's about two hours, 15 minutes in, in my aircraft. Mm. So for me, it gives me the flexibility just to travel up and down whenever I want. And, and equally, if I'm in Sydney and more meetings come up or I need to stay longer or I want to talk to someone for longer, I can do that. I can come back. I'm not, I have to catch a flight at four o'clock. I can come back whenever I want. So it's good in that respect. But then also, um, I think every entrepreneur out there, and it's becoming, quite a, it's becoming quite a trendy word, but I think we've always had kind of, you know, business owners and, and business minds in the past. But I think every entrepreneur, there's, a, there's an element of stubbornness to them as well. And I've never been very good at having people telling me how to do things. Mm. Um, I worked in the corporate world for, you know, a good kind of 15 years in my career before I, it was about nine years ago when I decided just to leave. I had a beautiful corner office in Sydney. I was on a good salary. I used to overlook, overlook the city. Um, I used to report to the board every day, oh, every week, sorry. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it because I was delivering projects for people that I didn't believe in. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's that kind of, again, it comes down to that wanting to do things your way yeah. um, because you've got so many things you want to achieve and, and the freedom that aviation gives me, the freedom that I get in entrepreneurialism. Yeah, there's an absolute connection between the two. I think it's, it supports the mindset that I think I have and I think that's why it makes me so happy to be involved in, in both of them now. Yeah, yeah. And tell me, throughout your years of not only owning a business but also being a pilot now, what has been some of the greatest aha moments or lessons you've learned in the cockpit? Um, I think understanding my personal limits has probably been something that's been a real eye opener. I, you kind of think everyone's the same. You set out with aviation you think, first of all, you're like, you're, you're so scared of the whole thing. Like my first lesson when we did climbing and descending, the, the instructor said to me, well, you pull back on the yoke, the airplane goes up, the nose goes up. And I thought, oh, no, I don't like this. This is not good. I hate it. It's scary. It's horrible. I don't want to fly. Flying's awful. Um, and then you get over that and then you go through, you know, then I did an aerobatics rating and you start to think, well, no, I understand the plane a little bit. And then you have that moment where you think, you know what? I can fly anything. I'm the best pilot in the world. I can do this. And you go, you go to the complete opposite. But I think what's happened for me now is I've got this nice healthy balance where Flying doesn't scare me, um, I, but I have a sense of a slight sort of nervous um, anticipation before every flight. And I like that because I get into every flight thinking, am I sure I should be doing this? Mm. Have I checked the weather? Have I done this? And it's not because I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's, I'm just making sure I've ticked every box. Yeah. And those personal levels and minimums that you have as a pilot, I think they apply to your whole life as well. And so for me, you know, I, nowadays, I, the coding days have gone for me and my company is, a, we're an investment company. So we invest in small startups and businesses who are looking for technology expertise and advice. Um, and I think I've got some personal minimums in that as well. So I don't get excited about, wow, there's a brilliant new technology. Let's put all of our investments into that. I'm a bit more considered about things now. And I like to, 
I like to take a bit longer to make a decision. Mm. Um, and I don't mind if I lose out. And it's the same with flying. You know, if I'm supposed to be going to Canberra, but the weather's not great, you know what? It doesn't matter. We'll go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I think there's a good synergy between the two for sure. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm getting also is that when you are flying out there and you're, you're getting a hold and understanding your personal minimums, because like you said, I think after a while, like my husband told me too, when he first got out there, his teacher told him, you know enough to go kill yourself now, uh, you know, because you're just getting out of the box, but you feel like when you get that private pilot, I can do anything now. It's like, no, you just know enough. Um, but really, as, as they always say, a good pilot's always learning, a good person's always learning, but it, it's that always get understanding where you're at and your skill level, because um, it changes. If you're not up in the air for a while, or if you're not doing something for a while, like you, you begin to lose it, so you gotta gain it. Uh, so it's yeah. great getting that, per and then also that stretch thing. I I'm sure you've gone through that, where you just push yourself a little bit more and realize, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Has that mm. happened to you too? Absolutely. So my, um, I'm going to name drop someone here because um, there's a guy called Steve Pierce. I don't know if he's watching this. He was my instrument racing instructor. He's based down in Moravian. He's an absolute legend down here in Australia. Anyone who's done any instrument flying has probably heard the name. He's just one of those guys who's genuine, nice, kind, tolerant, but insanely smart and he knows everything about what he does so he I'm very fortunate I had to book like half a year in advance but I did my instrument rating with Steve um, and he he said a phrase to me which is exactly what you're saying there and he's talked about ripples in a pond and he said the moment you get your instrument rating you're gonna start thinking great I can go a bit further now so you're gonna go a little bit further and then come home mm -hmm. and then when you've done that you think well do you know what if I can do a hundred mile journey I can do a 200 mile journey and then you'll do that and then you do a little bit longer. Then all of a sudden you think, you know what? I'm going to go into a Class C controlled airport like Canberra, where I was taxiing past a Qatar 777 that was just heading off to Doha. And I'm just behind them. Mm. And there's this massive plane there. And there's me and my tiny little SR-22 <laughs> yeah. right next to them. And then you think you do that. And then eventually you think, well, why don't I take this thing overseas? So now um, I'm planning and I'm going to be announcing on the channel in a couple of weeks some longer trips as well that I'll be doing in the future too. Mm. And it's exactly that. So that ripples in the pond. I love that metaphor that he said that mm. it's not bad to start small. In fact, I don't think you can properly do the stuff that you see on YouTube and these pilots doing the things that you want to do. Mm. I don't think you can probably do that until you've done the little things yourself. Mm. And I always talk to people when they say to me, I get student pilots who come up at air shows and meetups and, and normally with their parents, they say, okay, you know, my, my son or daughter, they want to learn how to fly. What's the advice that you can give them? And the one thing that I always say is just start small. Yeah. Just take a tiny little goal and mm. do everything you can to achieve that. And then start again. Take another tiny little goal and start again. And you yeah. just keep going on and on like that. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Stefan. I mean, it's, it's so true. You can bite off more than you can chew. When, and I made that mistake in business, actually. I imitated when I started my biz. I'm going to imitate what everyone else is doing, but the high, the big guys, you know, spend an outrageous amount on marketing or whatever. And I'm thinking that's where they are after 20 years, 10 years, 12 years. I'm starting today. And mm. I, I, so it's like, take the small steps first. Where are you today? Start where you're at and push a little bit each day to grow. Yeah, that's so important. And I think along the way as well is um, the failures are as important to you, if not mo more so than your successes as well. Mm -hmm. And when you have failures in flying and when you have failures in business, I've learned more from those instances than I have from just regular training. So I have things when I'm flying that stick in my head because they're mistakes, they're stupid mistakes that I've made in the past, mm -hmm. but I don't make them again because they sit there in my head. Every time I tune in the ILS, the instrument landing system for an airport, I think of the time when I tuned in the wrong one in a flight test. 
Mm. My instructor said, I should really fail you for that. Because, you know, that was, that was a bad thing. We've all done it. We've all done those things. And business is the same. And, and making those mistakes when you make those small leaps mm. is fine because you're only making a small leap. You've yeah. got to have that goal, but you've got to take the steps slowly along the way. Well, this has been so fascinating. I love it. And everyone's going to love watching your vlog, by the way. Share with everyone your wonderful vlog so they can go watch it. Oh, thank you very much. Well, it, it kind of all happens on YouTube. So if you just uh, look, look up my name, it's just Steph and Drury. Or if you Google S-T-E-F, Steph 747, that's a bit easier because my name's a bit hard to spell. <laughs> um, yeah, look, look, look me up on YouTube. There's um, a lot of aviation content on there, a lot of travel vlogging as well. I just... I just generally want to, you know, have some fun and some adventures and just show, show off this planet for how amazing it is. And is. yeah, if you want to join the fun, come and join the community. It's growing really nicely. So thank, yeah, yeah, thank you. You've come nice, a nice long way really quick, Steph. Yeah, 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 it's happening fast. Actually, someone, uh, just, someone introduced me at a conference yes, uh, two days ago as a YouTuber. It's the first time that's ever happened. I've always been like a pilot or a businessman or something, but now I'm a YouTuber. So yeah, it's a great journey and I'm, I'm loving it. It's really yeah. good. Ah, well, this has been such a fascinating talk. I thank you so much for coming to share your great brilliance today on Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you so much, Stefan. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. If you liked this episode, please share. To hear more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.